you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Hey, Movement Church, I wanted to take a minute and interrupt our regularly scheduled program. Now, we film our services in advance so we can bring you the best possible quality, but since the time that we filmed and today, Sunday, some crazy things have taken place in our nation. Uh, Surrounding race, uh, another life lost, George Floyd, and, and he's not the only individual, but Here's the bottom line. There's riots and looting taking place all over the nation. There are people just desperately crying out for answers. And we didn't want to continue on with a church service and not take a moment to acknowledge what's happening. Uh, Here's a public service announcement. Our nation needs Jesus. We have issues of racism that run deep, and they're not gone. And, and people might say this is an election narrative or this is pushing an agenda. Listen, I don't care what uh, polit- political or news medias are trying to spin this into. The real fact is we have racism as an issue in our nation today. Our nation need Je- needs Jesus and we cannot just sit by and watch and do nothing. And so as your pastor, I wanna tell you, take a moment and say, hey, we're gonna do what we can to move the ball down the field, to be the skin, the hands and the feet of who Jesus is today, to end racism with every ounce of who we are. And and even though, to be honest, I don't know what that looks like. And in fact, there's oftentimes, I don't know what to do, but we have to do something. So in a moment, I'm gonna pray, but I wanna tell you that this Tuesday at 5 p.m., two of my great friends are gonna join me on a Zoom call, and I would like you to join me as well. We'll push it live to Facebook, and we'll send out the link this week this week, but I want you to join us as we continue the conversation and do our part to be a part of bringing unity and hope and healing and not creating to the divide. Let me pray for you and for us, for our nation, for the families affected, and and that God would do something miraculous. God, we just thank you that you died for all of humanity. God, we thank you that you created us with diversity that you love the differences in who we are as people, our personalities, our skin tone, and everything in between. God, I pray at the Movement Church that we would be a people who brings unity and hope to the future, that we would not continue to contribute to the divide, but God, we would point people to you and the hope that only you can bring. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now listen, join me this Tuesday, 5 p.m. We'll send the Zoom link out via our app and text and every other smoke signals and everything we can. Join us this Tuesday for the conversation and let's be a part of the solution. Now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. Well, good morning, Movement Church. I gotta tell you, this is my favorite day of the week, my favorite time of the week. We've got our studio audience. Come on, let them show them some love, studio audience. We are so glad that you're with us. Let me just say right now, take a moment, push pause on everything you're doing, and share today's service. Like, I'm talking to you, not, not the person who's hosting the chat. I'm talking to you right now. In fact, open up Facebook specifically. Just if you have an iPhone, you just swipe up, you get multiple apps. 
Get on Facebook, get on our, our stream real quickly, hit share, hit public, type this message will be uh, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point right now. Share it. Listen, something happens when you share on your platform, more people jump on. When more people jump on, they hear the hope found only in Jesus. When they hear the hope found only in Jesus, mind-blowing, they say yes to him simply because you shared. So if you don't share, you want people to go to hell. Wow! Wow! Share right now. In fact, do me a favor. Take a minute to share on every platform. And also, I'm hoping, grab uh, your coffee mug. Hold on to it. I'll give you some more instructions in a minute. Uh, put your mimosa down. It's church, people. Grab your coffee mug or your tea or your water, whatever. Hold on to it. I'll give you some instructions in just a minute. But here's what I want to ask. A very special request. We are about to roll into phase one of our re-engagement strategy. I mean, things are changing on a regular basis. So I want to ask those of you that feel comfortable, would you do me a favor and and pray about hosting a watch party at your home. Even for more information, just be inquisitive and help us, help you, help us, help you. We want to see if people will host a watch party and be a part of having some people within the maximum group requirements in your home to watch a service on a Sunday morning. Your host is dropping a link right now. Click the link. You can also download our app and go to our app and find out how to get more information. We're going to be rolling into those so soon you don't even know because we can't wait to get back together with you but we want to make sure we do so safely and we want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable so do me a favor and just let us know listen we are diving into a brand new series today called prodigal somebody type prodigal Prodigal. That's our studio audience saying what you should be typing. Type prodigal. And we're, we're using this, this linchpin of, of the, a, a scripture found in Matthew where Jesus has this amazing moment take place. And, and this is what it says. In Matthew chapter 3, we see the beginning of Jesus' ministry kind of take off, and he's baptized. So it says this. And when Jesus was baptized, he immediately went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold a voice from heaven said this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased this is a critical moment in the life of Jesus and this series is about you discovering your identity in Christ his affirmation for you and your calling. We're gonna pull from this scripture specifically and we're gonna wrap it all up on Father's Day with an amazing message from an amazing man who's been huge inspiration in my life. Pastor Philip Wagner will be with us on Father's Day in studio preaching about the prodigal son, the, the conclusion of this series. And this whole thing is about discovering who God created me to be and who God says that I am. Now, before we dive in, before I pray, you've got your coffee cup or your tea or your uh, water, whatever it is, I want you to do me a favor. Take a moment, hold that up in front of the screen you're watching right now, snap a shot, and I want you to tag the Movement Church, tag me, and do hashtag coffee and carry. Hashtag coffee and carry. So do it right now. Take a photo, tag the Movement Church, tag me, and hashtag coffee and carry. Even though the screen says coffee carry, coffee and carry. Do it right now. If you don't, it means you hate me and you don't care about my family. 
So do it right now. Take the picture. Let's pray. We're going to dive into today. Are you ready? Bow your heads right after you're done snapping that photo. Get ready to tag it. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that you are up to something so big we cannot even conceive it. God, you're bigger than any problem we've ever faced. You're bigger than anything we could possibly ever imagine. So God, right now we look to you as the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we're expecting you to move in a profound way. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone typed or said, amen amen and amen. Well, let's dive into this series uh, on Prodigal Week 1. The title is simply Identity. And I was thinking about one of my favorite movies. In fact, the favorite movie series is Star Wars. And I love from start to finish every aspect of this series. And what I love most about it is the fact that it's kind of this coming of age story for one of the chief characters, which is Luke Skywalker. And we find him in the beginning of the movie on his home planet, Tatooine. I know I'm nerding out over this. And here this seeming, unassuming young man is just simply a farm boy. What he doesn't realize is who he actually is. He doesn't know he was created to be a Jedi. Somebody Jedi wave your friend right now. He was created to be a Jedi, but he's living a life he wasn't created to live until the wise master Yoda comes along and tells him exactly who he is and little by little, as the story unfolds, he begins to believe he truly is a Jedi and eventually saves the world. Well, can I just be Yoda for a minute? Yes, I can. (laughs) Let me just be Yoda for those of you right now because I'm terrified that there are many of you walking through life as a Christ follower, completely oblivious to what your identity is in Christ. Now, if you think about the story we just read about Jesus, this is before he even begins his ministry, before he even steps on the scene, he's baptized. And the Bible says that God descended on him in the form of a dove. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Is it possible that Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God, needed a reminder of who he was, that God was proud of him, and that he he had a mission to accomplish? If Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect, the only perfect human to ever walk the planet needed the reminder, then maybe you may need the reminder today too. One of the chief writers of the New Testament named Paul is trying to reiterate this thought to us in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and it says, but when the fullness of time had come, in other words, at the right moment, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, the law meaning slavery, to redeem those who were under the law. In other words, God had a perfect time to redeem humanity so that we, that you and me, might receive adoption as sons. Now, as we read sons today, you can also insert daughters. It's okay. We might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our heart, crying, Abba, Father, meaning dad, God. In other words, he stripped down the wall that well, of formality and said, I want a relationship with you like a father. Look at verse seven. So you are no longer a slave, but a son or daughter, and if a son, then an heir through God. I wanna talk to you today about your identity. And here's the key about identity. Identity is all about perspective. Let me say that again. Identity is all about 
perspective. No one can change your identity. It's already been given to you by God, but it's how we perceive ourselves that makes all of the difference. The problem is that more often than not, we see ourselves as a slave. In other words, a slave to our past failures. So we're now running from, uh, but bound to our past or Often we see ourselves as a slave to our past successes. So we're not running from it, but we're running to our next great accomplishment. Or maybe you feel yourself a slave to anxiety, that this is just how I have to live. This is just what it is. Or maybe you're a slave to your perception, how people perceive you. And so now you're living a life trying to keep up the facade because you don't want anyone to ever find out who you really are. And the problem is a slave has no rights. A slave is not free, but you were born for freedom. In fact, the Bible says whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's how so many of us feel. We feel slaves to our past or to our great successes, but slaves to everything with no freedom, shackled to hopelessness. Hopelessness. You might see yourself as a slave, but God sees you as a son or a daughter. It's all about perspective. The verse says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And some of you are just thinking, I'm a son of God. Does that make me a demigod like Hercules and, and uh, that dude from Moana? And I know a guy right now just elbowed his wife and said, I told you, baby. I told you. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about. Let me illustrate to you the best way that I possibly can through the lens of a story of someone that's so dear to our hearts, to mine and Megan. In fact, our pastors in Arizona, the church that we came from, they, they've been a church now for, I think, a little over 12 years, and they raised a daughter who's amazing. She's now in her 30s and serving in the church, and, and they begin to watch the foster crisis emerge in the Phoenix Valley, and Pastor Cherie, who is amazing, she just said, I'm going to do something about it. So they enlisted into the foster community with the hopes of hopefully adopting a child at some point if it ever became a possibility, and lo and behold, God had a plan, a little baby girl that they affectionately referred to as Sweets. And I think we have a picture of Pastor Dave and Cherie and baby Sweets. Come on, look at that beautiful picture. Do we have the other picture where you can just see her little cheeks and that beautiful smile? Well, they went through the process of adoption and finally the day came that they went to court to get the uh, uh, approval to officially become the adoptive parents of this beautiful baby girl. And when that took place. They drove to a courthouse an hour away. The judge said, you are now officially there. Her parents, listen to me, they wrote a new birth certificate as if she had been born on that day with the names of David and Cherie Wright as her new parents. She had a new name, Victoria, Baby Sweets. She has a fresh start. She had a brand new home because she was adopted by David and Cherie Wright. And this is how God looks at you. He doesn't see someone abound or a slave to their past or their mistakes or their failures. He looks at you as a son or a daughter. He chose you. He chose you. And when you grasp that, it changes things. When we understand that God chose me, that I'm his son, that nobody can take that from me, it changes things. It changes the way that I pray. I don't come groveling to some distant God with this snivel of self-contempt as a beggar, and I, I don't have a right to be here. No, I'm a son. 
So I show up, the Bible says, I come boldly before the throne of grace. Like I'm talking to my father. I'm a child of the king and I'm welcome here. That's what happens when I recognize my identity, my prayer shifts and I have authority in it because I'm a son. When I see myself as a son, it changes things. It changes my self-worth. It changes the way that I see myself. Look at me, you have an intrinsic need to be loved and to love. You have an intrinsic need to feel valuable by yourself and by other people. It's in you, there's a desire to feel worthy, to feel valued, and it's so difficult for so many of us to even accept ourselves, to love and to be loved, to feel worthy to ourselves and to others, but that's the beauty of God's grace. Look me in the eyes. Look right into the camera. God knows you thoroughly and loves you thoroughly. Let me say that again. God knows you thoroughly. Every thought you have ever had, he knows it thoroughly. Every action you've ever taken, every time when you didn't step up to the plate and you should have, and he loves you thoroughly. That's the way that our God is. So knowing that you are a son or a daughter gives you the ability to feel loved and accepted by God and it frees yourself to love yourself and others. You know what's interesting about the story of baby sweets? That's what they call her and I love it. They were talk, I spoke with them yesterday on the phone and they were talking to me about how they took her original birth certificate and they locked it in a vault and no one can access that original birth certificate without a court order. She is a new identity and no one can access who she was without permission from the court. Look at me, I'm just wondering how many of you watching today are giving too many people permission to access your past? I wonder how many of you who are watching today are giving yourself the permission to access your past and God's saying, hey, I don't even care about that anymore. I'm not even in your past, I'm in your future. You see, when we see ourselves as God sees us, it changes our self-worth and how we view ourselves. Identity is all about perspectives. It's all about perspective. You see, a lot of us see ourselves as an employee when it comes to God. This idea that I have to earn it, his love, his grace, his mercy. And, and we get that because so many of us have applied for a job and we interviewed the job and then we got the job and we work hard at the job so we can get a paycheck and what we put into it is what we get out of it. And then we look at God like that. I gotta be on my best behavior. I, I've gotta do everything right or he won't pick me. He won't hire me for the job. Or even worse, we think we have to keep his love and his grace. Like at a job, if you don't perform, you don't get paid and then you get fired. And we look at God like this all too often. Sometimes we're concerned someone more qualified will come through and maybe God will see qualities in them that he doesn't see in me and therefore they'll get the job. And, it's all about perspective. We look at our relationship with God as though we're an employee, but he looks at us as if I'm an heir, an heir to the throne, which means I cannot earn his love or grace. It's mine. He gave it to me. 
When I pass on, I'll leave an inheritance. It may not be a big one, but I'll leave an inheritance for my kids and no one can take that from them because it's theirs. They are my kids. They can't earn that. They can't make too many mistakes to get out of that. They're my kids. You should stop seeing yourself as an employee and look at yourself as an heir. Not only that, we walk in freedom and we live life with the hope of eternity. When I've said yes to Jesus, it means that the deal is sealed. When I die, I step into a greater season of life, eternity in heaven with Jesus, which means the worst case scenario in my life becomes the best case scenario. We have hope for a future. He defeated death's sting. Now here's the challenging part. There are responsibilities. As a follower of Jesus, I'm responsible. If I've surrendered my life to him, I'm responsible to begin a, a process of transformation, of growth. The Bible says if I'm following him, that, that real followers of Jesus will take up their cross and follow him. There ain't nothing sexy about a cross. It's painful. It's a responsibility. He said that I'm to love him with everything that I have and to love you like I love myself. There is a responsibility and that. Some of you are going, I knew it. There it is. This whole transactional religion. This feels like employment, Pastor Kerry. This feels like the rules, the do's and the don'ts that I grew up with. This feels like my grandmother's church and the clothes I'm supposed to wear and not supposed to wear, the music I'm supposed to listen to or not listen to, but stop for just a moment with your cynicism and your frustration. Look at me in the eyes, through the camera. Every relationship requires healthy compromise. We don't get to build relationship with each other without there being healthy compromise. I said yes to Megan almost 19 years ago, but that also means I say no to every other woman. She's the only one for me. Now I can walk down an aisle, put a ring on her finger, sign a certificate and walk out the door and choose to be unfaithful, but that my friends is not a healthy relationship. I'm not valuing her. But in a healthy relationship, we realize there's healthy compromise. Now listen, the love and grace and mercy of Jesus is unconditional. His love, His grace, His mercy is unconditional. It never changes for you, which means that on your darkest day, in your worst moment, He loves you more than, than ever before. He can handle your mess, and your mess will never deter the amount of love that He has for you. But the blessings that He offer require obedience. So understanding my identity doesn't give me permission to behave like a jack wagon. Somebody type jack wagon right now. Some, one, somebody needed that term in your life because you've got someone in your house who's totally a jack wagon right now. So understanding that I'm his, that I'm a son, that I'm an heir, I'm not a slave, I'm not an employee, I'm his, doesn't give me permission to just be an idiot. No. There's something that takes place 
when I understand my identity, it shifts my perspective. You see, a slave is driven by duty, but a son is driven by devotion. A slave is driven by duty, what I have to do, but a son is driven by devotion what I want to do. When I understand that God chose me in the darkest moments of my life, and you don't even know the dark moments that I've walked through. If we could sit down over coffee and I could tell you my story, you'd say, man, you don't have a right to be a pastor. And I would say, you're right, I don't. But the unconditional love and grace and mercy of Jesus said, hey, I'll pluck you up out of obscurity, pluck you up out of the midst of your filth and your dirt, but just don't stay that way. And so because of the grace and mercy from Jesus for me, I go, oh, I don't want to stay this way. I want to change. I want to be who you've created me to be, not who I want to be. I love what God is doing in my life. And if he wants it for me, I want it. So then my devotion to him changes the way. It drives the way that I think. It drives the way that I speak. It drives the way that I treat people. Why? Because I realize that whom the son sets free, this guy, he set me free. Well, I want to live freely and I want you to experience the same freedom. But recognizing, shifting my perspective to see myself as a son and an heir to the king of kings it changes the way that I live it changes everything that I do but look at me in the eyes devotion begins with surrender Devotion begins with surrender. You see, so many of us, we want, we, we want what, what, what the blessings are and the promises are and, and all that God has for us, but at our own terms. And that's not the way that it works. There's a starting point by saying yes to Jesus. And what's terrifying to me is that right now there are dozens and dozens of you watching and you've never begun the journey of surrender. Now here's the part where religion would say, oh, now I've got to get perfect. I've got to get everything organized and I've got to get everything aligned and have my life in order. And no, you don't have to. God's grace and mercy and love for you is so overwhelming. He loves you right now in the moment where you're sitting and watching this service online. And he's just saying, man, if you'll give me a chance, I'll show you what you're created to do. I'll help you understand your identity. I'll affirm you and I'll show you your calling. But it starts with surrender. And some of you are watching and you, you have never begun that journey and today is the day to do so. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer and right where you're watching, right where you're sitting, I wanna challenge you, make the prayer I pray your own. And some of you in this camera right over here in the room you're sitting in, you may have prayed a prayer like this, but you've been running from God and you know who you are. I'm not here to speak condemnation or shame. I'm just saying, stop it. Stop living that way. You don't have to live that way. It's not who you are. You were created for freedom. So if that's you, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. Two groups of people, somebody who's never prayed the prayer and somebody right now who needs to pray this prayer again. Here's what I want you to do. Bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And repeat this after me. Just make this prayer your own, maybe in a small whisper. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. Say these words. I know you chose me. You chose me. Thank you. But I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And now make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, 
I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.